Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. You are listening to the only two-hour live outdoor show in Wisconsin. And when I say live and unrehearsed, I mean it because... (laughs) As Nickel attests to it, yeah, this is just totally off the sheet, seat of our pants. Entertaining, we like to say, Tom. Yes, I like to say that, too. Anyway, 799-1250 is the phone number, 414-799-1250. If you got any questions or comments, want to brag about a fish you caught or whatever. Anyway, uh, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. This is the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Nick Bodie is on the boards. And uh, anyway, we, we wanted to talk a little bit about, or I did, I wanted to talk a little bit about ice fishing jigs. Now, when you go to a store and look at ice fishing jigs, there's, a, there's just an array of sizes and colors and materials. And, and the other question I want to ask, too, of the audience, uh, do you prefer live bait or artificial? In other words, you like uh, the plastic or the waxies or spikes? Uh, that's another question I'm to get into. But anyway, when it comes to color, I'll tell you what. There's there's three colors you can never go wrong with. Red, purple, and black. Those three colors for ice fishing you can never you know get away from. Those are three of the better ones. And if you've got any suggestions on what colors you like, that's great. Um, another really good color over the years has been gold, just a straight gold. Now, when it comes to the red, purple, and black, you know what a rat finky is and a ratso. Oh, a ratso is basically a rat finky with a tail. So you can always cut off the tail and make it a rat finky. But the, the red, the purple, and the black, those three colors, those are the good ones. And uh, though, But, you know, you'll find somebody that'll tell you, oh, I got them on motor oil or I got them on chartreuse or I got them on this or that. Now, in the summertime, we catch a lot of fish on, like, orange mini mites, white mini mites. Why doesn't that work as good in the wintertime? Now, maybe they would. Maybe they would. Okay? I just didn't use those colors. I was use, always using the other colors, and I always did well. But uh, I think somebody, uh, oh, somebody's calling us to tell us what colors they like. Bushy, have you ever found a preference in jigging, you know, like for the bluegills, the crappies? I'm going to make a, a perch. I'm going to make an admission to the whole world out there, all 
50,000 people listening to us right now. I've never gone jigging for panfish through the ice. Oh, that's no, no big deal. Bushy don't Fine. do no jigs. I no? put tip-ups Yeah, because I want to catch big hawking fish, <laughs> not little fish. Well, you could catch a big perch, crappie, or bluegill. Well, but those aren't as big it's as the other ones. Not a big hawking they're, fish. They're the food for the fish you catch. Right. Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. Tell you what, if I want a big bluegill, yeah. you know how I get a big bluegill? I cut it out of the belly of the big hawking <laughs> pike I caught. Well, uh, who do you got on the line there, Nick? Uh, oh. excuse, sorry, I don't know right. if we just got the call in. Oh, oh, you don't you look know. look kind of dazed oh. and confused back there. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Come on, Tom, quit throwing him off. Well, I, I, thought he, I thought he answered it. He's clairvoyant or something? Well, I don't know. I thought I saw him on the phone back there. I thought he was answering See, it. You know, well, he got Miss while we're waiting for that. sweatshirt there. Well, while we're, take your, yeah, while we're waiting for that, uh, the DNR has put out a, a list of, uh, it's, uh, here, let me get to the front of it. Tips to make ice fishing fun for the whole family from the DNR. And I'll kind of go through these kind of quick, and if you got a comment, Bushy, tell me. Okay. First of all, it says, go to the go into the adventure with an open and patient mindset. Definitely got to have patience. Okay, now, Nick, who's up? Now we got our buddy Rich calling us from Milwaukee. Okay. Hey, Rich, how you doing this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. Hope, good hope you're nice and warm. Yes, we are. Studio is nice today. Hey, yeah. I'd like to take us back a bit. Back in the early 70s, uh, the three big baits, and they you, basically you can only get these baits on the Mississippi River, the Chain of Lakes area, DeSoto, Ferryville. Yeah. And they were the Rasfinki, yeah. the Purist, and the Rembrandt. Yeah, Purist and Rembrandt seem to have gone out of favor, but I'm sure people still use them. You know, and I got a I got a stock a pile of them since since that time. Uh, but those baits, and then you could there were only there used to be a bait shop that was there for a short time on 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 uh, Capitol Drive. I, I don't remember the name of it. But it was R and R Sports or whatever. But they had them, and then my I had a cousin that was just a, a huge ice fisherman, and he would buy just buy the whole cards up. Yeah, yeah, but, they came but, on a card. Today, yeah, those are all plastic bodies, but today it's plastic. And yeah. um, I, I've been using a, my nephew turned me onto a bait like the rat, so it's called a shrimple. Yeah, it's same company, right? It's just it's the same thing, except the, the, the it's, you got a little different uh, when you jig it. It's got a little different movement. Yeah, okay. And uh, I, I limited out uh, four times in Madison this year, yeah. the four times I went, just with that bait alone. Yeah, the shrimple's got like a little curve to it. Right, it does. It yeah. does. It, it, a little curve it's like, to it. Uh, not a number four position, but it. Right. It does, and uh, yeah. it would resemble somewhat of a shrimp. Yeah, yeah. But so over the years, though, I like you know it's plastic today. It's it's it seems to be more and more of it. Uh, my brother-in-law still uses a uh, uh, he uses a moon glitter with a wax worm and you know swears by it. Boy, there's you know? another one from every time too. There's another one from years ago, moon glitter. <laughs> well, it's still that's popular. A, yeah, that's that's another one. But you know, it seems like what color do you like? What color jigs? Well, you know, it's funny. You, 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 when you when you get your limits of fish, you can sometimes experiment, and the right. purple seemed to be the best for me. Black, all of a sudden, you wouldn't get anything, and all of a sudden, bang, you get four or five nice bluegills in a row with black. So it's 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 kind of odd. Well, like I said, the 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 black, the purple, and the red, the blood red. You know. Yeah. Uh, those three always seem to work well, have always worked well for me, you know. And yeah. then again, a number of years ago when gold became popular, yeah. I always had gold ones. And, and those still work, the gold ones. So Yeah. Anyway, well, thanks for calling, Rich. Appreciate hey, talk it. talk to you guys again. All right. Bye, bye. now. 
Okay, according to DNR, let's see now, it says, uh, we have had success starting out with tip-up fishing in spots that have good action. And because northern pike are pretty easier to catch, so they like doing that. Make sure the kids are dressed for the weather. Well, of course they are. And if you got a shack or a shanty, uh, any kind of place for them to get warmed up, if the kids get cold, let them come in right away. Also, bring some food and snacks and beverages for them. Because, you know, kids, they always, they always get, uh, you know, hungry. They always want something to, you know, snack on. Fishing with tip-ups is usually more successful. And, uh, you know, and asking kids to sit on a bucket, Danny, and jig over a hole, eh, that might be too much for a little kid, you know. Torture. So, yeah, so, you know. Have other activities for them to do while waiting for the flag to go up. You know, let Bring them do whatever. Football for the yeah, young lads. Bring something to throw. along because you know kids will find something to do. But you know, while they're waiting for that and flag then, to go then up, then have the kid try and throw the football to the old man as he does a button hook <laughs> yeah, and down and out right. and pulls a hammy. Right, and then uh, let the kids catch the fish. You know, let them pull it up. Like if it's on a tip up, you know, let them pull it up. Not like some people who will. Take it away from the kid and pull it It reminds me of a funny story i got to tell you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Be ready for some tears when a fish is lost at the hole. Yeah, you know, little kids, they get upset, you know. It's like, don't worry, you get another one. Make a big deal out of any fish they catch, whether it's a two-inch perch or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Make a big deal out of it. Kids like making a big deal out of something. Have a camera, camera or your phone along to take a picture. You know, because then you can show the kids later and they can show friends. They can show mom if mom wasn't along, you know. Uh, And some people will take a fillet knife at home and they'll fillet the fish on the ice. But there's one problem with that. It's illegal to leave the entrails on the ice. Although the birds like it, you know, like if there's any kind of scavengers around, they love it. But it's not, you know, it's not legal just to leave entrails on the ice, you know, so... And uh, take the take the opportunity to teach them a little bit about fish, fish habitat. You know, you can it can be a learning adventure, and uh, and one of one of the one of the hard things to do for the adult hardcore ice anglers, and be ready to leave when the kids are no longer having fun. You know what I mean? It's like when the kids are bored and they're they're, they're like getting grumpy. Pick up and go. You might only be out there an hour. But get ready to go because if you force them to stay out there, they're going to hate going again. They're not going to want to go. But if you let, take them when, they're, when they've had enough and you say, okay, let's go, and you go, they won't mind going the next time because they know that once it gets to the point where they want to leave, they can leave. But if you force them to stay there, then they're not going to like it. So, And if they want to bring some friends along, that's fine. But if they do bring a friend or two, make sure maybe one of the adults, uh, the, maybe one of the parents of the friends or whatever comes with them to watch them. So who do you got, Nick? Big O is on the phone. Oh, Big the o. Big O. Good morning, Mr. Big O, Dave. How you doing? All right. How's it going, guys? Hey, are you up in Green Bay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's, uh, what, do you think cold. he's nuts? <laughs> no, because he, he told me he was going to be going up there. He's but... <laughs> smarter than that. It's way too cold to be fishing. What's it up, is, Dave? But, hey, we have uh, an option today for the folks who are not fishing ice fishing jamborees. Uh, I am speaking today at the Muskie Road Rules Clinic in Hoffman Estates at Cabela's. Oh. We're... Uh, Greg Thomas and Tony Grant, the new owners of Muskie Hunter Magazine, put on these 
Road Rules Winter Seminars in uh, different cities around. And today is in Hoffman Estates. Tomorrow is up in Wausau. But uh, today, uh, Greg Thomas, uh, Chris Tarasino, myself, John Betty, and Chris Reby are all presenting. And throughout the day, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to learn about catching muskies. It's uh, for the fellows. It's only thirty-five dollars. Um, women, children, and active and retired military are free. Um, I've been to these before. This is my first time speaking at one, but uh, we got all kinds of goodies to give away. Uh, Bill Schwartz from Slammer Tackle dropped off a bunch of stuff, and Steve from uh, Lakewood uh, Products up there in Suamico. Man, we got a bunch of stuff to give away, and uh, so hey, we got some indoor activities for anybody who wants to uh, stay out of the cold. Where is Hoffman Estates? Uh, let's just put uh, Chicago-ish, uh, western, uh, west Chicago, you know, in general terms. So okay. it's, uh, it, it's a little bit west of the city. So if you Google Hoffman Estates, Chicago, Illinois, that'll come up, huh? Yeah, Cabela's. Yeah, just type Cabela's. Cabela's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a fun day for people who do want to get out of the cold. For sure, another option. And, hey. uh, you know, hey. we got the musky shows going on. Mm-hmm. we got... Uh, you know, make your coffee, listen to the boys on uh, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I mean, how could hey, it get any better? Right? Did you did you hear earlier in the show, I, I don't know if you were listening in the first part of the show, Danny uh, drilled a hole out in front of his place and caught a 44-inch muskie last weekend. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, 44-incher, right out in front of his place. <laughs> yeah, that was in the deluxe shanty there, Dave. You know my place there. Nice and heated. <laughs> You know, geez. I'm not I'm not hardcore anymore. You know, Danny, Danny, you know, he drilled the hole, put his tip up in, and he went upstairs, uh, put on his slippers, got a cup of hot chocolate, watching fishing shows, and happened to realize, oh, I got a tip up. Nice. <laughs> Forty-four well, inches. Actually, when he when he walleye fishes, you know, they jump out of the hole and he he puts his fillet knife up there and they and they fillet themselves. He's got quite an operation. That's right. Yeah. That's right, man. <laughs> Life is good for Some a boy guys named are so lucky. Well, listen, That's you have great. a great now. When are you speaking again? Uh, the show uh, or the uh, seminar starts at ten a.m. Um, I'm I'm on about one o'clock, I guess. Okay, so I'm going to leave here shortly. And uh, yeah, Hoffman Estates Cabela. Yeah. You can go on, uh, you know, the Musky Hunter uh, magazine site. Uh, you can get to Musky Road Rules. On and, the Facebook or the uh, or the website, and that's not that's not that far from Milwaukee, is it? Not too far at all. In fact, you know, some of these that I've been to in the past, uh, there's a lot of product donations from you know, some of the great manufacturers, and, and really for 35 bucks, you're going to walk out of there with uh, baits that are going to be uh, you know worth that at least. And then you know what, uh, listen to a bunch of speakers and and have a great time. Well, so great deal. Uh, you know, bring your kids out there and uh, and. No, have a good day. The knowledge is what's important. Well, thanks for calling, Dave. We do appreciate it. A safe drive, buddy. Yeah, take care today. Talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye now. That was Big O from uh, Studio 360. Yeah, and if you ever want, like, unbelievable, you know, photography done, if you got, like, your high school senior or graduating your kid or if yeah. you let listen or, weddings or, or listen grandpa if yeah. you're out there and you want to get your grandson or granddaughter something nice for graduation get them a package of photos for their graduation out there yeah. it's right on the corner in Pewaukee Dave does just a very unique job with his photography yeah, yeah just uh, google photo 360 yeah it's yeah he does he's all and he's busy anyway we got to go to a break we'll be right back with more of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm glad the way that rhymes with more 
of the outdoors. <laughs> All right, we're going to go. We'll be right back. Rocks. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds, cutting edge outdoors. I was kind of daydreaming listening. I haven't right. heard that song in a yeah, long time. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. It's different. Yeah, yeah, different. Yeah, not exactly a like song it. I'm going to go dance to though, Tom. No, no, I'm not going to dance anyway. <laughs> huh? I'm not going to dance anyway. Oh. Hey, we got an email. Oh, boy. From John. Says, morning, boys. Just got up and looked at the weather station, and it's minus 22 degrees in Neshota. Danny was right. It's cold out there. (laughs) I enjoy the show. Thanks, John. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think it's going to warm up to 10 degrees today, though. Yeah, something like that. That that sun will warm things up. You know, one thing I didn't do... um, you know, after we had that snow, there was the, the, the next day, the uh, next few days, you know, we had a little bit of wind, and it would blow a little bit of the snow off where you blew it onto or shoveled it onto, and it would get on the sidewalk a little bit, you know. and But I didn't shovel that, and I didn't throw ice down on it because I knew if I threw ice, I mean uh, salt, I didn't throw salt down because I knew if I threw salt down that it would uh, make it wet. And then I knew this cold weather was coming, and I knew that it would freeze it then. So I just left it so we don't have any ice, you know, from the garage to the house. No ice on the sidewalk there. Because, yeah, so, I suppose that can be a problem on the highways, too. I think yeah. you put the salt down, it gets wet, then it freezes. It, it could, they, especially on the overpasses. And then yeah. you get that wicked, wicked black ice yeah. type thing. Yeah, on the, on, the, on the overpasses, yeah. I noticed that on uh, the one entrance ramp when I got on the freeway this morning, it looked icy because it looked like they had thrown salt down and it melted and then it froze you know because it, it looked icy but you know didn't see i didn't slip or anything on it but anyway so, but yeah it's going to be a cold one uh it, actually all week it's uh, you know it's gonna it's gonna be chilly all week so oh well hey you know what i somebody was complaining about it yesterday i said hey man that's wisconsin you never know what you're gonna get uh you know s- s- look how lucky we were in the first part of winter you know didn't hardly get didn't get any snow. It wasn't cold, you know. It was really nice, and now we're getting snow and cold, and it'll revert back, and you know, it'll go back and forth. So what the heck? But uh, as far as the fish are concerned, I haven't oh, really yeah. heard of any great reports yet this year. I've heard of people catching fish, you know. Like Although my, I did talk to one guy, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt, but That's I did right. talk to one guy who said that he was getting some walleyes on Pewaukee. Mm-hmm. I talked to a guy. Uh, yes, uh, well, yeah, well, Pewaukee, you're you're gonna get some walleyes, depending on where you go, I guess, depending on where on the lake. And I really don't know. I mean, I I I hear of some guys, like last year, were catching some down by the beach on the east end. Okay, they caught some there. Some of them caught some in the narrows, you know, that is. off off of uh, Cottage Island there, you know, just on the break line. Uh, on the west end, I'm sure there's spots there, I but I didn't really see anybody fishing by the beach last year, Tom. No, I thought no, but there's or was some that guys, the year before? No, from where my for from where I'm at by the beach, further to the west of me. Okay, okay. There were some guys set up over by uh, the railroad tracks. 
No, no. no. Uh, that would be to the north of me. Oh, to the west of yeah, me. Yeah, that's is, right. Yeah, right. To right, the west right, of right. me is down the other way down the down shoreline. towards Smokey's Musky right, Shop. Right. Um, the old uh, La Chalet Bar. Towards that direction. Right, okay. And uh, they were only a couple hundred, oh, maybe a quarter mile or so away from me, and they had a shanty out there. Yeah. And these guys were getting some fish, uh, walleyes, I talked to them, and they'd get them like that first uh, half hour and half hour before and after dark. There was like a one-hour mm-hmm, window there, mm-hmm. and that was it. They said that, yeah, yeah. and they got, they, they got some then. Then a lot of the guys like to park, um, they will work, in the Narrows or off whatever, Chester Island, now they're calling it something else. Um, but then, of course, you get a lot of the serious guys, now that it's cold, will go on the west end, and they'll set up on the deep breaks, maybe in 20 feet of water. Yeah, right. And uh, maybe off the Waukesha Beach area, right, off Sports right. Dock and stuff. Um, and then there are some guys that fish that far end down from the white condos on the yeah. west end. There's some guys that regularly... Uh, towards where Sanks lives out there yeah, and get out there. But the guys who, who do chase the walleyes, a lot of these guys are out there like 24-7. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're set up like on a you know mm-hmm. tree stand waiting and waiting and waiting. Sure. So it's not like Joe Average goes out there on a Saturday afternoon, drills three holes, and yeah, catches, that's right. catches three walleyes. Well, you know, I was, I was talking to a guy the other day, and I, and I told him how you know, when I would fish a lot, ice fish, that it, it always seemed we'd always catch, like, especially the crappies on Okachi Lake where he caught a bunch of crappies. It's always like when that, when the sun hits the top of the trees, all right, and you got about that hour, you know, when the sun is just going down to before it gets dark, it seems in that hour period, that's when, and as a matter of fact, he was saying the same thing, how, how that's when he was really getting them. And uh, I remember one time we stayed out then until, you know, after dark, you know, and that. And on our tip-ups, all we got were bullheads. Now, he hasn't gotten a bullhead yet, but, but yeah, we got bullheads. Oh, here, here's a funny story. Oh, another thing, uh, Buffalo Lake. Talked to a guy who's got a place on Buffalo Lake, and he said that it was hard getting out on the ice earlier this year because, you know, there is current that's part of the Fox River, and Buffalo Lake is like a widening of it. It's up by Montello, right? Right, exactly. And... uh so he said it was hard to get out on the ice because of the current and that and the weather. But now he said he's looking forward to it. He says because they do good every year ice fishing on Buffalo Lake for for crappies, perch, bluegills. You know, a lot of pike up there and bass too. So years ago there yeah. was a big write up on Buffalo Lake. Uh, one thing they talked about was lots of pike, a lot of lot of yeah, small, lot of smaller a lot of small ones, pike, right? Yeah. And there were some big bass in there, yes. as I recall. Yes, it's and it's always been a good perch area too. Okay. Perch, but they also have bluegills and crappies too. But. I did ice fish up there once on one of my pike trips. Fruitless, mm-hmm. caught nothing. No, um, you know I used to go in quest. My my quest for big pike through the ice started in like 1990. Uh, let's see, I want to say 19, 1998 when I lived up in Swamico, mm-hmm. and uh, a buddy of mine owned the fish house. Tom Driswicki, they owned a fish house down in the Swamico River there. And guys came in and bought smelt from them. Okay. And they went across by Dead Horse Bay, and a guy caught a 20-pound and like a 12-pound through the ice. The picture was on a Polaroid up in Bob's Bait there in, in, in on Velp. Yeah. So the next year I went and started pike fishing. I bought a hand auger and some tip-ups. And, of course, I went to Dead Horse Bay, which I lived right by there, and mm-hmm. I caught nothing. 
Uh, maybe I caught one pike. I even had a guy make me a shanty, paid him 200 bucks, got a shanty out there, nothing. But then, uh, then I moved out of, uh, you know, to Madison, and I was in Madison, and I'd go out in Mendota, and nothing. Then I tried Monona, nothing. <laughs> uh, then I got transferred down to Kenosha. So I went to Lake Geneva. I got one 28-inch pike right at sunset one time. Otherwise, a whole lot of nothing. Maybe I got another 28-inch or another day. Then I moved to Milwaukee. That's when we headed up to that Sturgeon Bay Ship Canal where we had the hot tip from the Indian yeah, right, lady with right, the WD-40. Right. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, I spent a lot of years catching nothing fishing for big pike. But then that all changed when we uh, jumped in the truck when I got two guys dumb enough to do it with me. And I said, hey, let's drive up to Buffalo Bay. They catch monster pike. Mm-hmm. And we drove up, drove all night long, went up there, and I caught that 22-pound mm-hmm. pike. That broke a long dry spell, I'll tell you. But I wanted to catch a big pike through the ice. What's the biggest pike you've got through the ice? Uh, not that big. No? Maybe. Never really got a, a monster? No, no. Maybe 28 inches. I mean, you know, really, no. Nothing, nothing to write home about. You know, got a lot of little ones, that's for sure, you know, but, and my kids would laugh at me because, you know, we, we'd go to Moose Lake. There's a nice little lake, you know, about 80 acres, you know, you, you park, you walk out. I you heard don't... that's kind of a secret sleeper lake for big pike. Uh, I don't know if there, I never caught a big one. None of us have ever caught a big one out there. Uh, although I think my son, Chris, where's, where's Moose Lake located? It's over by Merton area, over in that area, I think. Yeah, Merton. Okay. And, uh, but you know, my kids, they, they, they set these tip up so darn far away, you know, they, and, and I, and I keep saying to them, why are you setting those so far away? You don't have to put them that far away. Christ, it takes you five minutes just to get there, you know, or whatever. So I would, so one time I was, you know, joking around about it and teasing them. And so I put a tip up literally 10 feet from where I was jigging, (laughs) 10 feet away and sure enough, that flag went off. Now, it wasn't a big pike. It was a s- small pike. But still, I didn't have to, like, run for it or anything like that. I never believed in running for them. I just walk out there, grab it, you know, and set the hook. Because I figured I got enough time to swallow it by the time I get there. Man, I like running to the tip-offs, man. <laughs> I, I don't. I just, I just take That's my time, the get over there. Tom. I just take my time because I know because a lot of people, you know, when they get there, you just right? have a smoke and slowly no, stroll your yeah. way to the flag. You know, it's like a lot of times you notice when when guys run for it, they get there and then they're just waiting. They're waiting well, yeah, before yeah, they I set. I like those. to see it helicoptering. See? Where yeah. It's... So see, in my way of doing it, they're doing that while I'm getting there. So when I get there, I don't have to wait. I just set the hook. See. You're a genius, Yeah, yeah, we got to go to a break, folks. You are listening to Sports Radio 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan. We'll be right back. Must Don't damn you yo-yos. and your bucks for free. <laughs> that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Fishing and hunting's the life for me. Hey, hey, that that was good. I like that one. That was good. 
Hey. I got my 30 oath. No, yeah, that I think, go so good. I think you better uh, go home and work on Custom that today. reels <laughs> and rods. Okay, I got, I got a question for the audience. I need a little help, folks. What do they win, though, Tom? They get nothing. They get oh, wow. the satisfaction Just of helping don't even Tommy bother the True. picking up the phone, you guys. Now, here, Why bother with No, it? help me with this. Now, years ago, there was a, a, a tip-up that you attached to your ice fishing rod. And it had a little flag on it. It had a little egg sinker weight on it. And you would open up the bail of your reel, and then there was a little wire that the line would go around. And when the fish took the bait, it would pull on the line, which pulled down the wire, which made a little flag go up. And you would it, it snapped right onto the base of your, your ice rod. And uh, and like I said, it had a little flag. It was, and I don't remember the name of this company that made this thing or the name of this thing. I want to get some more of those, but I haven't seen these in years. And I don't know what, what happened to them. Why did they stop making them? I thought it was the greatest thing. And then what you did was you took your rod and reel, and it usually had to be a little bit stiffer rod because you generally use this for pike, walleye, and whatever. But you would use one of those red rod holders that would just sit on the ice and your rod would be like a foot off the ice or whatever sticking up in the air. But do, do any of you remember those things? Yeah, remember what the Nick's names were? for the phone right now, Tom. But my uh, question is, you don't ice fish anymore anyway. Why are you looking you to know get what? a couple of them? I might, I, I might uh, actually end up going ice fishing. You know it. why? You're not going to go ice no, fishing. No, I might. When? I, I don't know when yet, but because my grandkids... They're getting to the point where my son is going to be taking them out ice fishing, and Grandpa I, Tom, has I would to go, go along, along and uh, you know I wouldn't fish really. I would just be helping the kids, you know, trying to do what I can for them. But yeah, I would go along and do that, you know. Yeah, so I I might be going out. Yeah, so you'll you know? buy them for your son then. Yeah, those things I'd buy for the kids and my son, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm not I I. I don't care if I catch. Have you ever really been an avid ice fisherman? No, 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 never. You're more of an armchair guy. I, I well, I you know, I'm an armchair guy. Yeah, I'll admit, rate, other than my yeah. stupid pike yeah. quest where I drive all around the state. Yeah, well, I look at it this way. You know, I had three boys, so I had to take them do different things in the outdoors. So, and if they liked it, great. And if they didn't, okay, fine, whatever. So I would take them ice fishing, and when they got old enough to go on their own and all that, I still had to ice fish for the TV show. You know, outdoor Wisconsin. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, Danny, I was a hell of an actor because when I was out there doing those shows, it really looked like I was enjoying myself and having a lot of fun. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just a good actor. You know, I was speaking of misery. Here's some more places I was miserable trying to catch Big Pike. Uh, when I was living in Madison and Green Bay, I'd drive up to the Peshtigo Harbor and, uh, Fished Gator Fest there out of O'Connell County Park. Uh, we got one 28-inch pike. One, no, we got a 32-inch, I guess, once. Uh, let's see. When I lived in Madison, I also read this uh, article in Wisconsin uh, Sportsman Magazine or Midwest Outdoors about all these sloughs of the Wisconsin River that had oh, sure. big pike, right? Yeah. So I went down by Spring Green, I think. Is there Spring Green and Basketball? And play? Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I left one Sunday morning by myself, of course. And exploring with my Wisconsin Gazetteer mm -hmm. book and went to fish a couple of these sloughs. And there was one I'd read about was supposed to be called White Potato Slough. So it's off the beaten path along a highway there. So I get to this slough and there's nobody, There's one old guy, one toothless old guy uh, out there fishing. And I said, hey, uh, is this... Uh, uh, White, White Potato, potato slough? slough? And he goes... <laughs> 
uh, white potato, potato, goofy slew, whatever you want to call it. And he said, <laughs> he goes, goofy slew. Goofy so, slew. Goofy slew. So after that, <laughs> I always called it goofy slew. Goofy slew. So you want to know who one of the first guys I took fishing there? Our buddy Ron Johnson, the oh, bass Oh, yeah, bro. sure. So yeah. I took my buddy Ron to Goofy Slough. And that was the time where we were going down the road, and me and Ron and Scott Olson, and we had my little boat in tow, and we saw a car hit a squirrel in front of us, and it's flopping in the gravel. And I and Scott wanted to go, you know, go back and whack it on the head to put it out of its misery. And Ron, being as we were only a mile from the Fish. Yeah, the, he didn't want to he stop. Did. Yeah, Mr. He, Mr. He's too kind to hunt. He said, no, no, he's dying. He's, he's dying. Let's just go launch and fish. Because <laughs> yeah. once Ron got close to a, you know. Body of water. It was yeah. like a, a, it's like laying a line of cocaine out for a cocaine <laughs> addict. You're not, nothing's going to yeah. get between yeah. him and that line. And uh, we went, we caught some little pike mm-hmm. and we caught some bass. And it was kind of a cool, it was kind of a cool little place to fish, you know, mm-hmm. this off the beaten path. But, you know, I was ice fishing there once, and I got checked by Wisconsin DNR warden. And then two weeks later, I went to this other slough in the area. And this was one where you had to park your car, and I walked almost a mile. I mean, I walked way back in on this slough, okay. right? And sure enough, another warden checked me. Really? He walked all the way back in there. Now, I don't know why they were so concentrated. And he was real nice because I, I had just left my license and wallet in my truck i was in the middle of nowhere i wasn't going to carry my wallet out on the ice and technically by law you were supposed to have the right, license right, with you right. but he was nice he walked me back to the truck with me and i showed it to him he asked me how fishing was but yeah i got checked like quite a bit when i was in that area but again oh. i caught a whole lot of nothing as far as trying to okay. catch big pike well you know when we come back from this break i gotta tell you this story it's a you know, weird things happen when you're ice fishing, and this is this was a real strange one. I mean, weird things happen. Uh, th- th- this to is you? An interesting. No, this happened to my uh, my oldest son, but it is a weird one, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you about that when we come back. So stay tuned, folks. Danny Bush and myself, Tom Newbauer, will be back in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. And when I say cutting edge, we are on the cutting edge. And now we have Tommy, the true retired ice Wait. fisherman, Neubauer. Uh, this is another email. This is from Ray. He says, hey, guys, I'm wondering what your Boulder Junction connection has for temp this morning. Could you give him a call? No, Ray, I'm not going to call him. I <laughs> We're doing a show right now. No, I don't. I just don't have his number right on hand. So, but I'll tell you. If we had his number, we would call him. You know what? I might have his number here. I'll tell you what. After I tell this story, I'll I'll see if I got that number, Ray, and I will call him. Yeah, I will do that. I'm such a nice guy. I'm not the curmudgeon. I'm not the started out grumpy, Tom. I'm not the curmudgeon that that bushy makes me out to be. You can be an ornery old guy. Of course, I can. Yeah. Okay. So this is what happened. Now we got Jolly so Tom my, here. So, so my uh, my son Chris, Fake he's fishing. Tom. He's fishing Okachi Lake. Yeah. He's over in Crane's Nest Bay. Okay, ice fishing. Must not have caught anything, otherwise he, you wouldn't even be telling I, anybody. No, well, no, this is different. You know, so he's over in Crane's Nest Bay, ice fishing, 
And when he gets home, he realizes he lost his wallet. Where? And you were just mentioning before, I don't want to take my wallet with me. Mm-hmm. You know, what if something happens? Well, anyway, and he lost his wallet. He can't figure out, oh, my God, where is it? He's looking in his car. He's looking around the house. He, where? Did, what happened to it? He has no clue. So that week, he, he's going through the process of getting a new driver's license, a new this, a new that, you know, get, replacing all the stuff that was in it. The following weekend, his uncle, his or his late uncle Don, was out fishing Cranes Nest Bay on Okachi Lake. And Uncle Don is opening up an uh, old ice hole, okay? He starts drilling, and, oh, what's this I got in this hole? Then he picks it up. It's a wallet. He opens it up. It's his nephew's wallet, my son's Chris's wallet. <laughs> he found it. Somehow it dropped in an ice hole, got frozen in there, and his uncle was drilling the hole and found it. Evidently, a week later, he must have had a, a wallet with a flotation device, Tom. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it dropped in a hole that was already started to freeze over or something. I don't know. All I know is his, his uncle found it the following week. Is that weird or what? Well, speaking what? of, have you ever drilled uh, drilled drilled out old holes because it was easier? Yeah. You'd go out there, right? Yeah. Okay, well, one time, my brother, when he used to be out on the ice by himself in the middle of nowhere, uh, like especially up in Michigan, he lived up in the UP at one time. He'd go mm-hmm. out in these remote lakes. Yeah. Um, he uh, If he had to take a dump, he'd drill half a hole not all the way into the water, right? And he'd take his dump, and then he'd oh. shovel snow in there. Shovel snow And then he was, he was joking oh while thinking God. about it. What if some other guy came along and thought, oh, here's, <laughs> here's an old hole. hole. Let me no. open his hole. Oh, and he'd no. drill and he, oh, this hole's, this hole's for blank. This hole stinks. This hole's good for blank. <laughs> well, Ray, I got to tell Ray, I'm looking over my list of names and numbers, and... Uh, I Dennis uh Dennis normally calls Dennis, us yeah. right. Typically Dennis uh, Royce, we don't solicit yeah. the call. He just kind of calls yeah. in. I have his number at home. So I should really put his number on my list uh, here. It, so. Note to self, we'll get organized. Tom and I when we have our 3 hour pre-show yeah. meeting yeah. next week, we'll make yeah. sure we plan it. But yeah. sorry I'll, Ray, I'll I'm sure his, he's freezing yeah. freezing cold up there. So, hey, speak another ice fishing story. We got yeah. lots of stories today. Lots of stories. Uh, my brother had a scary experience many years ago. Uh, he was up there in the UP in one of these lakes in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this was he worked for shop goal stores at okay. one time. And he was on some, some lake, and he's walking by himself, miles away from anybody. He had to walk way back to get in. Um, I think he had a hand auger and a sled. And he stepped into an old hole, mm-hmm. and he could, didn't see it with the snow cover. And he stepped in exactly right into this 10-inch hole where his whole foot went into the hole and got wedged, mm-hmm. and he couldn't pull his foot out. Really? And he's and he's out there in the middle of nowhere, and, and for five, 10 minutes, he's struggling trying to pull his foot out, but it was wedged, and he couldn't get wow. it out. Now wow. he's starting to, to panic a little bit. Yeah. You know, because it's freezing cold yeah. back there. Yeah. And... Uh, Trying to think what he did. I think eventually he had to actually take his foot out of the boot uh, and pull his bare foot out of the boot. Just yeah. be, and then, then, then try I, to get the then boot try out. And get the boot out. Yeah. Wow. But he said it was really scary. Just the way mm. he stepped in, and yeah. all of a sudden you're you're trapped. 
Yeah, no, years ago I saw that uh, when Three we were cell out, phone days too. Yeah, we were out on Pewaukee and a guy was walking, um, not too far from us, and we heard a ah whatever you know we heard this noise. He stepped in a, a bigger hole and, and and sprained his ankle bad. You know? Really? Yeah, yeah. He was rolling on the ice. You know. Yeah, you got to watch out where you're walking. I mean, those bigger holes. Yeah, you can step on them and twist an ankle pretty easily. You know. So you gotta gotta watch it. You know. When you're walking on the ice. <laughs> Another time I, you know, oh, I've, have, have you ever been on like thin ice though, where you thought, yeah. oh my God, yes. Where all of a sudden your heart. Yes. Hit, you know, the, the <laughs> well, I fell through the, the ice one the time. Hit the, oh, you did? Yeah. But I wasn't ice fishing. I was uh, hunting. I was rabbit hunting. And yeah. it was in a marsh area. And going over the marsh, it was about, eh, let's see now. I got to stand up. Okay, about I'm sure waist, all our listeners waist, can see that. About waist, about waist deep. About 40 inches. Yeah, about waist deep. And, uh, 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 yeah, went went through that. And I'll tell you, trying to get out of it, was only waist deep, but trying to get out of it, it kept, the ice kept breaking, you know, and until finally I got a little closer to the marsh area and it got a little shallower and I was able to get out. But by the time I walked back to my brother's house, man, my 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 pants were just frozen. I was walking like Frankenstein. You know, well, <laughs> but remember, anyway, you remember Lou used to own Easterlings yeah, over here. He yeah. had a near death experience yeah, on Big Green close to Jesus. Yeah. On Big Green. Yeah. He felt the Lord saved his life on yeah. that one. And his fingers have still are, are, are testament to that because he didn't have those picks of life, you know, that they right. have nowadays. And he, his nails got like ripped off as he was trying to dig into the, the, to the ice to try to pull himself out. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, ooh. Yeah, it was, that was scary. Yeah, he was in pretty deep water, too, because I think he was fishing for Cisco, I think, at the time. Right. Not, or maybe it I was trout. I remember he told me the story one yeah, time. Yeah, it was scary. I, yeah, uh, had a cousin of mine. Up, He uh, fishes up by the St. Louis River. Um, and he went out to drill, uh, you know, some holes one time, and he walked way across the river. I mean, in certain parts by Spirit Lake area which is, they call it Spirit Lake, but it's a big, huge part of the river near the mouth in Duluth there. And he went way mile across whatever, and he's going across kind of a channel area. It's like 25 feet of water. And he went to drill a hole, and he had a hand auger, and he just went like... Like a half a turn. Like half a turn, (laughs) bloop, in. And it's like, I don't know what he said, an inch, just, and all of a sudden... The ice kind of started sagging and yeah. water, oh. and he instantly went to his belly. Yeah, and he said, it, it, ter- "He did a slow belly crawl back to try and get off of it." And he said, "The whole time he was expecting to go in." Yeah, and he was all by himself, and that would have been it. Yeah, but he said, "Oh my!" It, it scared the crap out of him. Well, the time I got scared was it was uh, on Pewaukee Lake. My, my two older boys and me, Nick and Chris, we were going out from Musky Bills. And we start walking out, and we get out of ways, and all of a sudden, and the boys are right next to me, you know, we're walking out, and they were younger, and all of a sudden it started cracking, the ice did, and you could see bubbles under you. And I went, oh, boy, oh, boy. I said, boys, stand away from me, because they're a lot lighter than Dad. <laughs> Dad's a lot bigger. I said, stay away. Go <laughs> over to the side. And Nick Nick was getting really Please scared. Please step away yeah. from the fat guy. <laughs> yeah. And Nick Nick is starting to, you know, he's just a little kid. He's almost ready to cry, I think. I said, no, no, just stay away from Dad. And I said, start going back to shore. And we start, I started walking backwards. backwards. Yeah, start going backwards. Well, when we got back <laughs> to Muskie Bills to the tavern, we said, oh, yeah, that ice is really thin. It was, it was cracking on us. 
And I said, no, it's like some guys were saying, no, there's like 12 inches of ice out there. What had happened was it was warm the day before. I got gotcha. and it, and if And it thawed a little bit. And then after it thawed, there was like a couple inches of water on top of the good ice. And then it froze so where there was only like a half an inch or an inch, right? So what I was cracking was the thin stuff. We didn't know that there was 12 inches of ice below that, you know, so a couple you just inches of got water. A soaker, basically. Oh, we would have just got a couple inches of water, three, four inches of water. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it scared the, you know what, out of us. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to be in that situation if it was just like. All water under us. Yeah, that would be scary. Well, Danny, I had a good time this morning. I did, morning. too. Now that we have our listening audience all excited to go ice fishing now. <laughs> well, if they're smart, they ain't going to go today. They'll it's too say, damn cold unless you get a nice ice shanty. As, as my inner city kids used to say, hell no. no. Hell no. It was hail. H-A-I-L. Hell no. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. Me too, Danny. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. Das ist alles für heute. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds. That is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Talk to you all next week, my friends. God bless. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.